Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Intefel of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. Bishop Intefel is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs, and wonders. His in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Please lift up your voice and thank Him. Don't look around as if He has not done anything. Don't look around as if He has not told you anything. He has not given you any wisdom for church growth. Don't look around as if He has not given you any instruction, as if you have not been blessed. I don't know about you, but I have been blessed immensely. I have been blessed. I have been blessed. I have been blessed. I have been imparted. I have been imparted. Oh, yes. Lift up your voice and thank Him. What a feast. What a blessing. What a, con- what a conference. Oh, yes. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We bless you. We bless you for Northern Ghana. Thank you for the revelations, for the things you have revealed to us in this conference. Thank you, Jesus, for the great things, for the awesome things that you are about to do in Northern Ghana, in in Bolgatanga, in Tamale, and all the towns in this area. We are so much grateful, so much grateful. Thank you for the revival you are bringing to these churches. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for a new level, a new level of grace, a new level of anointing, a new level, a new level. Thank you, Jesus, for taking us, our ministries, to a new level, a new height. Oh, yes, we thank you, Jesus. We bless your name. We bless your name. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. In John chapter 7, verse 37, the Bible says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood, hallelujah, and cried, saying, If any man tests, let him come unto me and drink. Hallelujah. Jesus is appearing here again tonight in the name of Jesus. Oh, you didn't hear me? I said, Jesus is appearing here again. Jesus is standing tonight. So the last day, the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried, If any man test, I don't know about you, but I am testing. How many of you are testing? Testing for church growth. Testing for increase. If, if any man test, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Then verse 39 says, But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. This spake thee of the Spirit. And we want to tell the Lord, Lord, we are testing. As for tonight, it must be something different. 
We are thirsty for the anointing. We are thirsty for the living. We are thirsty for the wisdom. We are thirsty. Lord, lift up your voice and begin to speak to him. Ah, I see the Lord here. Jesus is here tonight. Jesus is on his feet tonight. He is here to pour, to pour the anointing. He is here to pour the anointing for church growth. The grace, the grace that will take your church from 20 to 100, from 50 to 150, from 100 to 200. Jesus is here tonight. Oh, yes, lift up your voice and tell him, tell him, Lord, I am thirsty. I am thirsty. I am thirsty. I am thirsty. I am hungry. I am hungry for your anointing. I am hungry for the anointing. I am hungry for the anointing for church growth. I am hungry. Oh, arise, oh God. Arise, oh God. Arise, oh God. And pour your spirit. Pour your spirit upon us. Pour your spirit upon us. Release your spirit. Pour your spirit upon us tonight. We are hungry, Lord. We are hungry, Lord. We are hungry, Lord. We are thirsty, Lord. We are thirsty. We are thirsty. We are thirsty. We want to see growth. We want to see increase. Tonight is the last night. Arise, Jesus. Oh, stand like you stood on the last day of the feast and said, if any man thirst, oh, let him come. Lord, we have come. We have come. We have come. We have come. We have come to receive from you. We have come to be anointed. We have come to be blessed. We have come to be empowered. We have come to be empowered. We have come to be revived. We have come for the church growth anointed. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. And we bless you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. And uh, we want to welcome our Lady Reverend, Lady Reverend Joy. Hallelujah. Put your hands together and welcome her. Hallelujah. Good evening. Please take your seat for the night. Amen. I believe that it's been a very powerful conference so far. And I believe that the churches are already on the move. Amen. Oh, I don't have many believers in the house. The churches are on the move. Amen. This morning, Bishop was talking to us about supernatural church growth. And I think that something has happened in the room already. Amen. Oh, I believe it. I think something has already happened in the spirit. Hallelujah. He talked to us about the Holy Spirit and there was so much revelation. We, in fact, it will take us some time to digest it. Amen. Tonight, I just want to do a very quick introduction of a couple of Bishop Dag's books. Um, I mentioned that Bishop Dag has a ministry office. We are called the Dag Heward Mills Ministry Office. And we are located in Kumasi, but we have also opened our office here in um, Tamale. Amen. It's a good place to clap. Amen. In the meantime, the person to see when you need books from us here is Linda, the young lady who has been singing. She actually works here, so she's here every working day. Amen. And as you see her, she'll be able to serve you when we are out, out of town. But tonight, I, we want to do a deal on some books. Please tell your neighbor a deal. A deal. 
powerful. One of the things which we are noticing as the churches try to grow is that there is an enemy who comes in. And when he comes in, he comes to scatter. Yeah, it's true. It's true. He comes to scatter. People who will accuse you, they will say things. They will leave you. They will forget what you have done for them. And the result has been a lot of splitting of churches and the power of God, instead of being concentrated for us to move up and move ahead, is rather dissipated and the church becomes weaker. But I thank God that there is an antidote. Amen. There is an antidote. There is some medicine that if it is applied early, is a vaccination. It will preserve and protect what you are growing. And if it is if you continue and you, even if you have suffered from the break again, the breakaway or somebody has taken your members, you can still teach it and it is a medicine. It will cure the rest who are with you. I call these books, I, talk, I call them the enemies of the church, the six enemies of the church. Those who accuse you, those who pretend you thought they were with you only to discover they were not. <laughs> the worst, I think, are the dangerous sons. They are sons, but they are dangerous. Absalom was a very dangerous son. If David had known it, maybe he would have handled things differently. Amen. Accusation. That was what was even used to take our Lord down. Now, it is a set of seven books. Most people are familiar only with this one. One of them. Loyalty and disloyalty. This is what most people are familiar with. But we need all seven to preserve and to protect our people. At our churches. Now, this set of seven books, please, can you come down for me small on the piano? This set usually goes for 140 Ghana cities. Tonight alone, we're bringing the price down to 70 Ghana cities. So, 10 cities per copy. Thank you for the clap. Amen. Please get the series. Please read it, study it, teach it, immunize your, your congregation. Let them see what is happening. When Absalom betrayed his father, the Bible said 200 men followed him in the simplicity of their mind. They did not know what they were doing. They didn't plan that it would go that way. And I'm sure that when Absalom lost, their, lost his life, they probably lost their lives as well. It was not their meaning or their intention to become what they had become. And so many of our people are falling away. So please acquire it. This is your last night. After this, it goes back to the normal price. Amen. Yeah, it's uh, okay. Please, my sales manager is telling me that it's only in the pack that it goes at 70. If you're buying it as a single book, each one is 15 cities. And then the loyalty and disloyalty is 20. Okay, thank you. Now, these three books, I often say that as for this, these books, you need an anointing to buy them and an anointing to read them. <laughs> Hallelujah. This one was introduced by Bishop um, in Tefal on the first night. What it means to be wise as a serpent. There's so much we can learn from the serpent. How come there are no lions around us anymore? We have eaten all. How come there are no elephants? Fearful animals. We have eaten all, but we are sure that as for snake, they'll be around. They'll be around. They are survivors. And yet this creature, it has no legs. It has no hands. It has no ears. It has no eyelids. It has no spine. And yet it is surviving. Amen. 
I believe that it is the same thing that will help us to survive as believers in Saboba, in Cherponi, in Zabzugu, in Yendi, in Bimbila, in Salaga. Wherever you are, you will survive. But maybe there are some things from here that you need. Amen. These books are usually, the price is much higher than the others. And that's because of how they were printed, but it is more than worth it. Amen. My favorite chapter in this book is called Overcoming Handicaps. Whatever it is, it's a handicap. Maybe where you are, you think that it is a handicap. But this animal has overcome its handicaps. It has overcome the lack of legs. It has never written a letter to God. Please, I need legs. I need hands. I need ears. I need eyelids. The snake has not written any such letter. Rather, it has learned to survive. It can fly through the air. It can walk over stone. It can go through the sand. It can go. And so also shall be your story in the name of Jesus. That whatever is required for you to be where you are, for the church of God to be built there, it will be given. Please purchase it and find out. Amen. I think I need your help. Quickly. Is Linda around because she will sing for us shortly? No, hold on. The second one in this series is the anointed and his anointing. Bishop is teaching us so much about the anointing. I believe tonight we'll be anointed. Amen. But there is more. There is more. Why do you have to, why is it that how you handle your man of God has something to do with inheriting the anointing? The answer is in here. The answer is in here. And it is a worthy book to purchase. Then there is, what's the last one? The Good General? I'm holding it, okay. This is also another, you know, we're talking about leadership today. This one, The Science of Leadership. A Good General. And as pastors, you are a general in your church. You are a general in your town. You are a general in what you're doing for the Lord. There are so many strategies for war here. My favorite chapter here talks about selection and maintenance of your aim what was your aim first of january what was your aim for this year how are you going to select that aim how did you select it how are you going to maintain it amen then it goes on to say motivation of the troops some of us you are a pastor but your troops are tired your troops are weary your troops are not happy how are you going to motivate them to keep them looking at that goal so that what you are expecting from the lord will be achieved so much of it is here. Then there is another chapter. It is called the Pyrrhic Victory. I had never heard the word before. I saw it here for the first time. And that is a victory that you have won, but it was so expensive, it was not worth it. It talks about wars that have been won. At the end of the war, everybody is dead. So there's nobody to lead again. Everyone is dead. That's a Pyrrhic Victory. And sometimes as churches, we have held hard onto certain positions. And in the end, the church is empty. In the end. We've held on to the position. We have stood our ground and we have said, this is it. It cannot move. Usually, these are not even things in the Bible. They are usually man-made things to help God. And we've held on to them so fast. And in the end, the church is empty. You have won your case. But the seats are empty. What have we done? A spheric victory. It is worth every peswa of it. Thank you so much. Sorry, let me do one last one, please. Tithing. Many people do not tithe. But if you take this book, dissect it, and teach it, 100% tithing. Everybody in your church will tithe. 
The first time I taught from this book, there was a trader in my church. And after service, I heard her. She was talking to her friend. She said, ah, manumiho, I have regretted. I have regretted if I had known that tithing was such a blessing. I would have done it. And after today, she tithes. When she cannot calculate, she's not literate, she cannot calculate, she'll carry the eggs and bring them. She'll carry, <laughs> she'll carry the guy. She says that her husband can help her to calculate, but if he calculates, he will not allow her to tithe. Uh-huh. So she just, you know, puts something and says, this is my tithe. And she comes with it. And it has been amazing to watch her move from her little table to a kiosk, move from a little kiosk to a larger kiosk and to having a whole, um, what should I say, industry if you like. I remember when I went there first, her children, the hair was brown for malnutrition. Today, they are in a preparatory school that she pays for. Tithing, it will help you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Lord, you've been so far away, a million miles or more, it feels today. And though I haven't lost my faith, I must confess right now that it's hard for me to pray. But I don't know where to start. I don't know where to start. But as you give the grace, with all that's in my heart, I will sing. I will pray. Even in my darkest hour, through the sorrow and the pain, I will sing. I will pray. Lift my hands to honor you. Because your word is true, I will sing. I will pray. Even in my darkest hour, through the sorrow and the pain, I will sing. I will pray. Lift my hands to honor you. Because your word is true, I will sing. Lord, it's hard for me to see all the thoughts and plans you have for me. But I will put my trust in you, knowing that you died to set me free. Oh Lord, but I don't know what to say, and I don't know where to start. But as you give the grace, with all that's in my heart. 
celebrating Jesus tonight how many have come to receive to be sharpened to be anointed wow we are so blessed tonight is the final night and I believe that tonight God is going to touch us in a special way the Bible said that on the last day, Jesus stood. Hallelujah. And I believe tonight, God is standing up for you. Hallelujah. I say He's standing up for you. Amen. We'll not waste much time. We are blessed to have Bishop Interfo coming all the way from Accra. just to be a blessing to us hallelujah amen and for allow himself to be used by the lord to really teach us and to expose us to certain things that we need to know hallelujah amen by now you should i mean if you were here in the morning you could see that clearly this was an anointed teacher who is just opening our eyes to certain secrets that are in the bible Amen. We are blessed that Tamale is not the only place that he does this, but he travels all around the world to have church growth conference.
to establish churches. Hallelujah. Amen. A trainer of pastors, the vice chancellor of our Bible school, which has trained many, many, many pastors and missionaries that has been sent to all over the world, and the resident pastor of our Light of the World Cathedral in Kolegono, where he pastors and oversees many pastors and many churches. Hallelujah. Amen. He's not telling us something that he has read from somewhere, but something that practically he does, and the fruits are there to show. Amen. We are blessed to have him for the last night for this season. Hallelujah. I said the last night for this season. Amen. Amen. How many want more? Amen. You know, you can see that there's so much. So tonight, I think you should just remove your watch. If we can have an all night. Hallelujah. Amen. I said we can have an all night. We just go all out and get all that we need to get. Hallelujah. If you're excited as I am, ready as I am, please stand to your feet. Let's welcome Bishop Emmanuel Lewis in Tefo. Let's put our hands together, celebrate the gift of God tonight. Hallelujah. God bless you. Be seated. Amen. It's a blessing to be here. And uh, I want to thank all of you for attending the conference. It is my prayer that something will happen in your ministry. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, um, tonight, I want to be talking about the anointing. That's the first thing I want to talk about. Catch the anointing. Amen. And uh, I want to be preaching from this book, The Mega Church. Now, The Mega Church, alright, it says how to make your church grow. And uh, in the morning, I shared for about over three hours on supernatural church growth. How many of you are here in the morning? Are you going to experience supernatural church growth? Hallelujah. Now, um, you need to be anointed for the work of the ministry to be effective and easy. What you need is an, an anointing. Amen. The ministry answers to the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So, if you want to do ministry, the most essential ingredient that you need is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In the morning, I showed you that for 30 years, Jesus did not preach, he did not teach, he did not do anything until he was anointed. 
this must say something to you. That if Jesus was anointed for ministry, you and I must be anointed for ministry. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Jesus did ministry because he was anointed. So, pastors, you must do all you have to do to catch an anointing. From today, you must have a great quest. You must start on a journey to catch an anointing. Now, give me Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6. A popular scripture that we all know. Amen. Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6. Bishop, it's good to see you. Hallelujah. Amen. Zechariah chapter 4 and verse number 6. Oh. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, the scripture says, it is not by power. It is not by might. But it is by my spirit. There is a lot of power and might around that we try to use for ministry. Hallelujah. Uh, education is good. Education is good. Education is a might and is power. Money is power and might. If you have money in the ministry, you can do a lot. You can do a lot. The color of your skin is might and power. Yeah. When you go to certain places in the world, based on the color of your of your ministry, you realize that you do well or you not do well. Your tribe, your tribe is power and might. There are certain regions even in our country. If you go there and you don't speak the language, you cannot flourish. All these things are there and they help in the ministry. But God is telling you that 
none of these things defines ministry. What you let you become the great minister that you aspire to become is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The anointing of the Holy Spirit. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is the power of the Holy Spirit. The power. It is the supernatural presence of God that is on a servant of God that makes ministry possible. Ministry is made possible by the supernatural presence of God on a servant of God. How many of you understand that? Yeah. And without that supernatural presence, power, grace, ability, you can't do ministry. You can't do ministry. There are places where rich people build church buildings. But after building the church buildings, they look for a pastor to pastor the church. They themselves don't pastor the church. Because it is not by money. So, I want you to understand that if that is the case, then whatever you must do to locate, to find, to pursue, and to catch this anointing is something that after this conference you must begin to do. Yes. Yes. Your current level of ministry is as a result of the current level of your anointing. Why do you have 30 people in your church? That is the level of the anointing you have. Because I tell you, I tell you, that your 30 churches, that member church that you have, if Reverend Azika, you invite him to come there, to come and preach, there will be more than 30 people. His presence will attract more than 30 people because of a certain level of anointing on his life. Amen. I've been speaking at this church group conference for the past three days and I've been able to fill this auditorium. If I announce that, if Bishop Kweku announced that next week, from Wednesday to Friday, Bishop Dad is going to have a pastor's conference here. Do you understand it? Eh? Everywhere outside will be full. Why? Because of the level of the anointing. Is it clear to you? 
Is it clear to you? So, Pastor, catch an amount. Catch an amount. Many pastors are not anointed. They are not anointed. And if you are not anointed, the ministry is impossible. I will show you what anointing does. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 10. Are these people helping us? Are you helping us? Huh? Help us. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 10. If the iron be blunt, and ye do not wet the edge, then must ye put to more strength. Hallelujah. If the iron be blunt, many pastors are doing the ministry of blunt iron, blunt cutlass. Yeah. I, I don't know about you, but I don't know about you, but I come from a village. And while we were growing up as school children, we used to go and wait. Hey! We walked for a long time. And can you imagine that we could walk from here to Yape and beyond? And when we are going, the elders will tell us that the farm is here after this tree. After this tree. <laughs> that when we approach this, they say, just the back like this. Eh? Is it there now? Yeah. The first time I went to my father's village, I was going to look for my father. I was in secondary school about form three. Should be maybe 13, 14 years. And we arrived at a certain town. And they said, from this town, we are walking. And they said, it is very short. Yeah, yeah. Do you know the short? 12 kilometers. No, not 12 kilometers. 12 miles. I tell you. We walked down, we got to a place of, oh, now that we are freezing, what we tell you here? By the time I got to the village, I realized there's not a simple thing to go and meet for your father. Anyway, so at the village, we weed. But when we are weeding, depending on how sharp the cutlass is, you may even enjoy it. If the cutlass is very sharp and you are reading under the cocoa, you go like this. And you'll be singing. You'll be singing. And sometimes you just go like this and then you throw the cutlass like this. It's very nice. 
if the cutlass is sharp. But if the cutlass was not sharp, when you hit like that, you feel the pain in your hands. A lot of pastors are feeling the pain of the meat. Because your cutlass is not sharp. If the iron be blunt and you do not wet the edge, then must you put forth more strength. So you see a lot of pastors are using mere brute force. Somebody was going around start, trying to start a church by giving people money. It's not by money. Look, let me tell you something. Do you know that this church, Father Kregu, you can fill the church next week, this Sunday, this Sunday, I can give you a key to fill this church. You fill this church and fill all the outside. Yeah. Oh yeah. Today is what? Tomorrow. Which is the most popular FM station here? Eh? Where is the most popular? I don't know. What? Filler FM. I, I don't know. Go there and say that tomorrow at the Lighthouse Cathedral and anybody who comes to church tomorrow at the end of the service will give you 100 Ghana cities. At the end of the service. Wherever you are, you just come to church. The service will be one hour. At the end of it, everybody. How many of you agree that the church will be full? Very good. But how many of you know that next Sunday the church will be empty? Because it's not by money. Yeah. Look, catch an amount. The ministry is by the amount. When you take a cake of butter or cheese from the deep freezer, a cake of it, which is very hard and cold. If you take a kitchen knife and strike through it, if you are not careful, the knife will turn and attack you. If it is blunt. In the ministry, if you are not anointed, you can hurt yourself. You begin to do all kinds of things to make the ministry work. And in the process you'll be in error. Yeah. A lot of things that we are seeing around is because people are trying to make the ministry to work. But the ministry doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. Why did the people follow Jesus? Why did they follow him to the desert? Why, 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 why did they follow him everywhere he went? 
It was because of the anointing. It was because of the anointing. Listen, Jesus was so anointed that they gave him a nickname, Christ. The father of Jesus was not Mr. Joseph Christ. Joseph was just Joseph. But Jesus was called Jesus Christ. And Christ means the anointed one. He was so anointed that they gave him a nickname. Christ. May people give you a nickname. From today, may you call an anointed pastor. An anointed pastor. An anointed pastor. Catch an anointed. Receive an anointed. I pick up my volume. Give me volume. Give me power. Hello? Yeah. Listen now. But that same hard cake of butter, if you take that same kitchen knife and put that kitchen knife into fire, for the fire to heat up the edge and it strikes that same cold, hardened butter, it will go through it. Ministry with that anointing is that going through a hardened, cold cake of of butter with unsharpened kitchen knife. A ministry of anointing is like going through that same cake of butter with a heated kitchen knife. The anointing makes the ministry easy. And it makes the ministry possible. God wants you to leave this conference with a great quest. Do you understand? Quest. Search for anointing. Your ministry will become possible. All the dimensions, all the levels. Your ministry will become possible because of the amount. Every year we have a Good Friday service. And uh, one time we had a service at the Kodesh. The place was full, packed. And after the communion, Bishop Dad said, I'm going to pray for the sick. He said, lift up your hands. Father, heal the sick in the name of Jesus. Let your power touch them and heal them. Then he said, if you are here and you had a problem, check yourself. And all those of you who are healed, come to the front. Now, you see, I was shocked. I know that he's a healing evangelist. But you see, I was shocked, shocked at the brevity of the prayer and the ease with which he said come and I tell you fantastic miracles I was bamboozled 
much in awe. And, and as I watched in awe, the Holy Spirit whispered to my ears. He said, it is the anointing. And then the Lord said, either it is there or it is not there. Either it is there or it is not there. And it is true. It is true. When you go to the bank, based on how much you have, when you are signing the check, you sign it with ease or you sign it with struggle. When you find somebody at the counter asking so much about how much is the balance, uh, please give me the balance before I sign, you know, and, and he wants to sign 52 Ghana cities. Give me the balance as an indication of how much is it. But people who are really loaded, when they get it, they sign it. Look, pay 150,000 Ghana cities. He doesn't think about it because the money that is there is 3 million Ghana cities. I understand what God is saying to you. An anointing. The anointing, let me tell you a few things about anointing. Number one, the anointing is the most important thing. Number two, it is very difficult to get an anointing. It is very difficult to catch an anointing. Yeah. It is very difficult. In 2nd Kings chapter 2 and verse 9 look at it look at it and it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee and Elisha said I pray thee let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me verse 10 verse 10 and he said Thou hast asked a hard thing. Thou hast asked a hard thing. Yeah. And, and this is the reason why many pastors are not anointed. Because it is not easy to come by the anointing. It is not easy. It is not easy. It is very difficult. Do you know why it is difficult? Because the anointing, listen to this. The reason why it is difficult is because the anointing is God Himself. The anointing is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is God. So God is very careful who. The Bible says that Jesus did not commit Himself unto men. For he knew what was in them. So God is very careful who to pour himself into. Because men are very somewhat. How many of you know that? And the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. Yeah. So, you see people who can.
carried the anointing and are doing all kinds of things. And it really causes the heart of God to bleed. So God is very careful. God is very careful to give an anointing, real anointing, to people. Jesus says, do not cast your pearls before swines. You know, one day, the Lord asked me a question. He said, why do you men always ask me to anoint you? Then he said, even as men, do you go about casting your precious gift on people just like that? It was a question that the Lord asked me. That is why you must persist. That is why you must persist. You must persist until you catch the amount. Because I tell you, when you catch the anointing, you become another man. Yes. In First Samuel chapter 10, the prophet Samuel took a horn of oil, poured it on Saul, and said in verse 6, as you go, the Spirit of God will come upon you and you shall be turned into another man. You shall be turned into another man. The anointing changes you completely. The anointing changes your ministry completely. It changes your ministry. Pastors, listen. This is the last session from this conference. God is giving you another living. Another key, another wisdom. Pursue an anointing. Chase for the anointing. Fight for an anointing. Look for an anointing. Search for it. Wherever you can find it. Because once you catch an anointing, you'll be a different person. When Paul began to prophesy, the people said, is Paul also among the prophets? They were surprised. In the morning, I showed you how the anointing transformed the apostles into bold preachers and the effect of their preaching. Hallelujah. Amen. Number one, the anointing is the most important thing. Never forget it. The anointing is the most important thing for a minister. Ministry is done with the anointing. You are where you are because of the level of anointing that you have. Yes. Yes. When you pray for the sick, nobody gets healed because you are not carrying the healing anointing. 
It's not there. It's not there. Jesus carried the healing anointing. Do you understand that? When you teach, when you teach, it doesn't affect people much. Because your healing anointing is very limited. Your teaching anointing is very limited. But as you grow, as you grow in the teaching anointing, and as you catch it, that your teaching will attract people. Papa Hagan says that there was a time in his ministry that he decided to start to, to teach during the week. And he didn't announce it to the church. He just found another hall and started teaching there. So a few people found their, their, their way there and he was teaching them. He did not stand in the church to announce. As he continued, the service became so large because the people who were there will go and tell other people you don't know what you are missing. The anointing is the most important thing. Number two, it is difficult to catch an anointing. Number three, the anointing does specific things. But let me conclude on the second point before I move on. Okay? It is difficult to catch an anointing, but it is not impossible. So that is the good news. That is the good news. It means you can catch it. It means you can catch it. Yeah. You can catch it. If it is a healing anointing, teaching anointing, church growth anointing, evangelistic anointing, apostolic anointing, whatever it is, you can catch it. And tonight I'm going to teach you how to catch an anointing. But, but I, need, I need for you to understand what it is. Hallelujah. Amen. The anointing is specific. What does that mean? It means the anointing does particular things. If you are anointed to be an apostle, your ministry will be pioneering things, planting churches, doing new things all the time in the ministry, breaking new grounds. One of our apostles, one of our apostles, Apostle Kingsley, you see, he carries an apostolic anointing. Now, when we don't have a church somewhere, the place is difficult. We send him there. Once he appears, after a couple of months, a church will appear. As I'm speaking right now, we have been trying to have a church at Angola for a long time. It's not been working. The bishop has sent him there. He's there right now. And within three, four months, there will be a church. He carries. It's a good place for you to clap down for the Lord. 
anointing on his life makes churches to appear. One of the things that he does is that he, go, he goes around the missions. And by the time he leaves, a mission that has been struggling for two years with 20 people, if Apostle Casey comes to spend one month there, by the time he's leaving, the, the, the mission will, will move from 20 to 80 or 100 people. Yeah? It's an amount. If you don't have that apostolic anointing, it won't work for you. The healing anointing causes healing miracles to take place. It is specific. The evangelistic anointing. I was saying yesterday, if an evangelist comes to stand here, we say that we are all pastors, we are saved. By the time he finishes, he finishes preaching, when he makes the altar call, look, we may all come to the front to give our life to Christ again. Hallelujah. Why is this revelation important? Therefore, based on the type of ministry that you desire, you must catch a particular type of anointing. So in the morning I was telling you, if you want church growth, you must go for a church growth anointing. And the anointing, any anointing that you want, you can go for it. Any anointing that you want, you can go for it. Once you see it, you start the journey. Elijah did 16 miracles. Elisha received a double portion of that anointing and did exactly two times what Elijah did. 32. The anointing is specific. So if you want church growth, you must catch a church growth anointing. You must find where it is and catch it. How many of you understand that? Amen. Number four. You can catch the anointing on another man of God. You can catch the anointing on another man of God. Because the anointing is transferable. Hey, and I want to make a statement. Never forget it. Listen carefully. Look at me, everybody. The anointing that you want is not in heaven. The anointing that you want is on somebody right now. If you want a teaching anointing, it's on somebody. Yeah. 
if you want a healing anointing, it's on somebody. Yes. If you want an evangelistic anointing, it's on somebody. If you want an anointing, a pastoral anointing, it's on somebody. Yeah. Right now. You only have to look around and you'll find it. And once you find it, you start the journey to catch it. How is the anointing transferred? Let me share with you about eight ways. About eight ways. Are you here gone? Huh? You can find it in this book, chapter three. Number one, terminated, transferred, anointing. Terminated, transferred, anointing. In this type of transfer, a man of God's life is terminated and his anointing is transferred to someone else. The person who has received the anointing usually starts ministering after the death of the originally anointed vessel. A good example of this is Joshua. Joshua became anointed to lead the people of Israel after Moses' life was terminated. So in Joshua chapter 1, the Bible says that eh, when Moses, the servant of God, died, God spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. God started to use Joshua when Moses left. So in the terminated, transferred anointing, alright, the vessel that is carrying the anointing moves on to be with the Lord. And then that anointing comes on somebody else. Amen? Because God doesn't remove the anointing from earth. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will be with us forever. Long after Elisha was dead, the dead bones of somebody fell on his uh, a dead body, a dead man's body fell on his dead bones. He came alive. Why? The anointing was there. <laughs> Hallelujah. What do you think? Hmm? Number two. Living transferred anointing. I'm just explaining to you that the anointing that is on somebody you can decide and catch it. Yeah? Because the anointing can be transferred. So any anointing in the world 
that you want. You can catch it. You can catch it. And that amount will do exactly what it is doing in the life uh, what it is doing in the life of the person whose anointing you've got. That is why you don't have to criticize pastors. Do you understand that? Because if you criticize, what is on them will not come onto you. Living transferred anointing. In this case, the anointing on one person is transferred to someone else whilst the man of God is alive. Whilst the man of God is alive, God removes the anointing on him while he's alive and puts it on someone else. This is what happened with David and Saul. Saul was still the king, but God was not happy with him. Hallelujah. And so God said to Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 16, 1 and 2, and the Lord said unto Samuel, Fill thy horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, Go. But the Lord said, Go. And so Samuel arrived in the house of Jesse. Hallelujah. Now let me say something that will encourage you. If God says that He has chosen you to anoint you, you are not you. Do you know that David was not considered for the anointing? David was not considered for the anointing. He was not. When the prophet arrived in the house, Jesse lined up people that he thought should be anointed. Hello? Eish. Eh? He brought all these macho guys. Shama. Abinadab. Eh? Eliab. These were soldiers. And the Lord said, no. He said, I've refused them. I've refused them. May you not be the person that the Lord has refused to anoint. <laughs> I said, may you not be the person that the Lord has refused to anoint. Hallelujah. So, someone said, are these all your children? They said, oh, there's the last one. Young, small boy who just walks around here. Always, I mean, just with the sheep. Bring him. Bring him. Now, David didn't know that he was the chosen one. 
Never joke of your life, Pastor. Never joke of your life. Never joke of your life. You may be the next Reverend Estud Anaba in the north. You may be the next Bishop Dag. You may be the next Bishop Ajinasari. You may be the next Dr. Otago. You may be the next Archbishop Duncan Williams. You may be the next. You may be the next. You may be the next. Be careful about your life. Yeah. You may be the next. He didn't know. That's why your father says you come to the house. Immediately he hit the house. The Lord told someone, that's it, put the oil on him. Yeah. And the Bible says in First Samuel 16, 13, from that day, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David. May the Spirit of the Lord come upon you. May the anointing of the Holy Ghost come upon you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. But take note that David was anointed when Samuel was still on the throne. Age. Age. Could it be that God could look at you and say, I don't like you again. I am taking the anointing from you and I'm giving it to somebody else. You better put your two hands on your head and ask for mercy. The mercy of God right now. <laughs> Please sit down. Amen? Number four. Modify. No, number three. Huh? Number three. Number three. Anoint, anointing sharing. Anointing sharing. Anointing sharing. This is when God takes the anointing. Are you enjoying the teaching on the anointing? Look. In the morning, around the time I was concluding the meeting, the Holy Spirit said, teach them to catch the anointing. That is why I stood on top of and said, I'll be teaching on catching the anointing. It was an inspiration that came. Never joke with tonight's session. God is defying your ministry. I pray that after tonight, you go looking for anointing. Whether the anointing is in heaven, whether it's on some desert, whether it is in some river somewhere, Charlie, whatever the anointing is, wherever the anointing is, you are pursuing that anointing. Let your garment be always white. And let not your head lack ointment. That means that that means that your head can lack ointment. No, the scripture says, let not your head lack ointment. Which means that you can be dealt with that anointing. Anointing free. And you see buga buga and all kinds of power and might to do ministry. Ministry is not done by power and might. It's by my spirit, said the Lord. Who are thou, O mountains? Before Zerubbabel. Before Zerubbabel. You shall become a plane. How? By the anointing. By the anointing. By the anointing. When Moses got to the Red Sea, the Red Sea, 
the masses of the waters of the Red Sea was a mountain. But by the anointing on his life. Watch. When you go, go and read that account. God didn't come down to divide the Red Sea. He said to Moses, what is in your hand? What is in your hand? Use it to divide it. In other words, command the anointing on your life to begin to operate. Hallelujah. Anointing sharing. This is when God takes the anointing on one man and shares it with several other people at the same time. You notice several men of God in the same area operating in a similar, a similar way. In Bible times, several of the prophets lived and prophesied around the same time. God took of the anointing that was upon Moses and shared it among 70 people. Numbers chapter 11, 16 and 7. Gather unto me 70 men and I will take of the spirit which is upon thee and will put it upon them. All 70 men were anointed. They shared in Moses' anointing and accomplished the will of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. So in anointing sharing, the anointing on the man of God can be shared. If we are pastor of Bishop Lugutera, you are his pastors. If you are faithful, the amount of his life will come on you. It will be shared. So that you can help him to build the ministry. I am working in the anointing that is on my father. As I have worked with him all these years, some of that grace has robbed on me. And not only me. You meet all the pastors, the lighthouse pastors, the bishops, the senior pastors. Look at their ministries carefully. You will see a lot of similarities between their ministries and the ministry of Bishop Dad. Because we are working in the anointing that is on his life. Yeah. That is why you must be careful of fathers. Hello? But the anointing on your pastor may not come upon you automatically. Yes. Elisha said Elijah walk with him and was anointed. But do you know that do you know that before Elijah Elijah had another servant. The one that he went to pray with and said go and see whether the rain is coming. We never hear about him again. We never hear about him again. Be careful how you relate to your father in the ministry. Amen? Amen. Eh? Then, 
Dr. Gehazi. Do you remember him? Reverend Dr. Gehazi. You remember him very well? He was Elisha's servant. But Elisha's anointing didn't come on him. The point I'm making is that anointing sharing is there. And you see, the anointing is a spiritual inheritance. And if you are a son, you don't need to struggle for it. Because inheritance is for, are, are for sons. No, inheritance is for sons. Naturally. But if you don't behave properly at a son, that anointing will not come upon you. Gehazi, instead of receiving the anointing, he received leprosy. <laughs> May you not receive leprosy in the name of Jesus. I am talking about anointing transfer. Anointing transfer. Number four, modified anointing transfer. Modified anointing transfer. Huh? In this case, the anointing is transferred from one person to another. But in the process, it is modified. In such a case, the recipient of the anointing may be notably different in ministry from the one from whom the anointing was transferred. A good example was the anointing that came on Joshua. It was Moses' anointing that came on Joshua. Because in Numbers chapter 27, God said to Moses, Call Joshua the son of Nun. Bring him to the midst of the people. Lay your hands upon him and put some of your honor on him. And in Deuteronomy chapter 34 and verse 9, the scripture says, And Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So it was the anointing on Moses that was on Joshua. But in its operation, the two anointings were different because it was modified. Moses' anointing was a governmental anointing to govern the people, to lead them, to give them laws. But the anointing that came on Joshua was anointing of the warrior to fight, take lands, and establish the nation of Israel. So it was different. So it was different. It was modified. That explains why sometimes you see that you know, somebody is operating like his father, but it's also different. The mountain is modified. Amen. Amen. Because Joshua had to fight. He had to take the land from the Philistines and the Amalekites and the, all the ites. All the ites. Hallelujah. Number five, diminishing anointing transfer. 
diminishing anointing transfer. What does that mean? It is when the anointing, which is on one person, is transferred onto the other. But in the process, it is of lesser effect or lesser power. That is the anointing that you see between Solomon and Rehoboam. Solomon was anointed to be king over the twelve tribes of Israel. When Rehoboam received the anointing, he could only rule over two of them. He lost ten of the tribes. So the anointing of his life was a diminished anointing. Hallelujah. How many of you are here? Are you understanding it? Number six. Enhanced anointing transfer. Enhanced anointing transfer. Now, this is opposite to the diminished one. Alright? The anointing is transferred from one person to the other, but in the process, it becomes a bigger anointing. That is what we see with Elijah and Elisha. Elijah was powerful, but Elisha received twice the anointing on Elijah and did two times what Elijah did. So the anointing that he received was enhanced. Hallelujah. Number seven. Former anointing reintroduced. Former anointing reintroduced. This type of anointing transfer can be seen in the case of John the Baptist and Elijah. You know tonight, I'm going to be praying for all of you. I want to believe God to catch an anointing tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Let your spirit yearn for an anointing. As for sitting down here, be hungry for an anointing. And God will feel you. In Psalm 84 and verse 10, he said, Behold, I'm the Lord that brought thee out of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I'll fill it. He said in Psalm 89 verse 10, he said, I have found my servant David, and with my holy oil have I anointed you. May the Lord find you tonight. May you be one of the people that the Lord will find tonight and drop anointing on your head. Tonight, there is a big jar of oil. There is a big jar of oil in this house. May it find your head in the name of Jesus. Yeah. If you are not hungry, you can't receive anything. Look, if somebody has eaten and he's full, we had a head of state, General Kutu Achampo. Do you understand it? Yeah. Those days, we had what was called essential commodities. Reverend Isaac, you remember? Milo, sardine, uh, king soap, 
milk were called essential commodities. It should tell you the state in which the country was. And people were complaining that we don't have this in general. Could you champion says that? Who did not Find some kenke or dokono or fufu or something and eat. After that, you you forget about all this milo and milk and the rest. The point I'm making is that when you are full, you don't need food. When you have drunk a lot of water and you are not thirsty, you can't drink again. Yeah. So if you sit down here in this service with that attitude, you won't catch anything. The people who are blessed, the, Jesus said, blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be full. May you be full tonight in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Former anointing reintroduced. This type of anointing, anointing transfer, can be seen in the case of John the Baptist and Elijah. God decided to reintroduce the anointing, reintroduce the Elijah anointing through a man called John the Baptist. This is because God was doing a work which needed a dramatic Elijah type of ministry. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 14, the scripture says, And if ye will receive it, this is Elias, which was for to come. So the anointing is reintroduced. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 And number eight, the final one, a new and original anointing. A new and original Anointed. It's not common. It's not common. The only example we find in the Bible was the anointing on Elijah. Elijah is the person that we don't know where he came from. We only read in First um, Kings chapter seventeen, Elijah the Tishbite. He just appeared, very anointed. Where he got this anointing from, we don't know. It was a new and original anointing. Yeah. But it is not the commonest way that God works. The anointing is either shared, modified, etc., etc., etc. So tonight, it is very possible that as you go from this conference through any of these means, an anointing can come upon you. Yes. Yes. Amen. Ah. Huh? Seven steps to catching the anointing. Seven steps to the anointing. Number one, the principle of vessel change. 
Aleluia. The principle of vessel change. Somebody should get me a, a bottle of Coke and then an empty water bottle. Now, we are now starting the journey. You see, we have laid a foundation. How many of you now want an anointing? How many of you understand what the anointing is? Is it very important? Is it very important? Can you catch it? Is it transferable? It is. Now, we are starting on the journey to the mountain. How do you move towards the mountain and catch it? Number one, your vessel must change. Thank you. Open it. Stand here, I'll call you. Your vessel must change. Amen. If you want to carry an anointing, you must change. Yes. If you are not educated, try and become educated. You want to pastor a big church. What is a big church? A big church is made up of all kinds of people. A big church is made up of all kinds of people. Educated, uneducated, rich, poor, all kinds of people. Now, if you are a pastor and you are not educated, when God gives you a big church with lawyers and engineers in them, you become educated. You become intimidated. You always be say, eh? There are people here, they feel that because you are educated. So whenever you say something in this church, you, be, you always cast insinuations. So now, because your vessel has not changed, you are likely to have a church with only a certain type of people. International ministry, you must change your vessel. You must know how to relate. You must know how to con- conduct yourself. You must even know how to eat. You must know how to go to a restaurant. And, and, and there, there's no Tuosafi. There's no food. The food there is different. There's no empathy. And you must know how to order the menu. They bring you the menu. And you must choose. Tagliatelli something. And eat. 
Because you want to become an international minister. Your vessel must change. If your vessel does not change, it cannot contain a certain type of anointing. Now, open it. We all know this what Coca Cola bottle. Is that also? Is that also? Eh? If somebody invites you and says he wants to give you Coca Cola and gives you this, you accept it. Because it is real. It's real. You see the label? Very nice. Alright. Now. Alright. If you send your secretary, go and buy me coke. He runs and comes and say, Pastor, this is the coke. This is the coke. This is coke. Is this Sobolo? Is it Pito? Is it Doka? What is this? What is it? Is it Asana? It cannot be cooked. Listen. Even though what is in it is cooked, the vessel is a wrong vessel. Hello? She won't go to anoint you. But you are fornicating with your church members. Sleeping with all the ladies in the church. Sending them to go and commit abortion. And you want God to put the anointing in that vessel. No. The vessel must change. <laughs> yeah. Vessel change. Look, even this, the one that we use is not the original one. I hope, I wish we had the bottle one. The bottle one is hard. When you press it, it's very hard. At this one, look at it. It's very soft. Very, very soft. And so, just as you, you are afraid, please sit down, to drink. This type of coke, because of the vessel, God is afraid to pour His Spirit in this type of vessel. Is that a bottle? Bring it. Yes. Ah. Is it? This one is a draft one. But look at it hard. Hard. You want to be anointed, but 
You can't pray. You are lazy. Pastor, you sleep and wake up at 12 in the afternoon. 1 p.m. You'll be sleeping and turning yourself. You want to be anointed? You want to be anointed? Hey, Jesus, Mark chapter 1, verse 35. The Bible said that in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he departed into a solitary place and there he prayed. You are turning yourself in the bed. Lazy. You can't pray. You don't study the word. You don't study the word. I'm talking about you, Pastor. I'm talking about steps to the anointing. The first one is that your vessel must change. Otherwise, you cannot be anointed. This precious oil that I spoke about, it cannot enter you. Yeah. Do you know that Jesus prayed? Jesus was very, very prayerful. He was very prayerful. Mark 135, he prayed. Luke 6, 12, he prayed all night before he chose his disciples. Matthew 14, after he had preached and fed the 5,000, the Bible said that when he sent the people away, he himself went to the mountain to go and pray. It was from there that he came to walk on the sea. Luke 11, when the Bible said that it came to pass, whilst he was praying in a certain place and his disciples were there, after they had prayed, one of them said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. They looked at the man, they realized that the man was praying all the time. He was praying all the time. That is why he was anointed. That is why he was anointed. But you, you don't pray. Many pastors don't pray. Or pray very little. Prayerlessness is one of the main diseases that pastors are suffering from. Pastors are so busy walking around. You see, that is why I started by saying that what you need is anointing. And if you understand that what you need is anointing, nobody will tell you to pray. You will not set an alarm clock. You will wake up to pray. <laughs> yes. If you can't pray, you cannot be anointed. When you go before the Lord to pray, you'll be anointed. Why? I will explain to you. I will explain to you why you must spend time 
in the presence of the Lord. How many of you want me to show it to you? Pastor Frank, who is your best friend here? Who is your best friend? Who is your best friend here? Who is your best friend? Pastor Sammy? It's your best friend. The two of you come. Bring your chairs. Sit here. Quickly. I want to show you something that you should never forget. And that should let you go close to God all the time. Bring your chairs. Sit down. Among the two of you, who here do you consider as your mutual closest friend? Pastor who? Then I say, Fred, come. So this is their mutual friend. They are friends. They are friends. Now, how many of you have seen this before? There are some people who use a particular type of body perfume. Body spray. A particular type. They don't change it. If they are there, they always smell the same. How many of you have realized that? Do you know of anybody who is like that? Eh? Yeah. They use a particular one. I, 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 I have a friend like that. Anytime I meet him. So, when I go to a place, I know he was there. Me, I'm not like that. When I finish bath, I ask my wife, what is there? Give, just give me anything. Listen. I'm going. Come, Pastor Sam. So, if Pastor Sam wakes up in the morning and goes to visit his friend, sit down. And this his friend uses a particular type of perfume, a particular type of body spray. Which they all know. The three of them know that. That is what he uses. And he spends two hours. Three hours. Four hours. We film in the house. They are watching TV. They are talking about ministry. You know. And all that. After. He leaves. Him. And says Baba. Tell him Baba. See you some other time. And he's going. And he meets this mutual friend. What is the question that this one will ask him? What is the question that you ask him? Are you from um, Pastor Dennis' place? Are you from Pastor Dennis' place? Why? Because he can smell what is normally on Pastor Dennis on him. Smell what both of them know is normally on Pastor Dennis, on him. How did it happen? Since he spent so much time, so much time with him, what is on him begins to smell. Watch. I'll show you the easiest example. That is how come wives catch unfaithful husbands. But when the, when the man gets to the house, they say, Where have you been? And the men don't know that often the lipstick has God's. 
When you want to redeem a one or two, some of them just And the woman's perfume is on your shirt. Brother, don't deny. Just confess your sins. Experienced wives catch their husbands all the time. Now watch this. Watch this. The anointing is the spirit of God. When you go to God, when you go to God to pray, wait in His presence. Wait in His presence for a long time. And you leave. What is on God goes with you. What is on God goes with you. When you leave His presence, His presence goes with you. Now listen to the scripture. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good, healing all them that were oppressed of the devil. Why? For God was with him. God was with him in the presence of God. And the presence of God rubs on you the more you tarry in his presence. And the more you spend time in the world, the more the world influences you. So you carry the spirit of the world. You carry the affection of the world. You carry the, the desires of the world. You carry the things that the world are struggling for. Thank you. I am talking about the principle of the vessel change. Your vessel must change. That's the first step to the amount. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You have to look into your life. There are some things that you have to put right. There are some things that you have to correct. If you want God to fill you with His Spirit, your vessel must change. Your vessel must change. Your vessel must change. The principle of the vessel change. Clap your hands for the Lord. Wow. Number two. Servant wood. Servant wood. You want to catch an anointing? You must be a servant to somebody. Throughout the Bible, those that received an anointing were servants. Joshua was a servant of Moses. Joshua 1 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister or servant. Elisha was a servant of Elijah. 2 Kings chapter 3 verse 11. Here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water 
on the hands of Elijah. Peter, James, John, and the rest of the disciples were the servants of Christ. In John 15, 15, Jesus said, Henceforth, I, I call you not servants. The position of a servant is a humble one. You do not have your own mind. You must work for your master. Taking him to the right, to be right all the time. When you become a servant, you are like a grown-up child ready to receive every instruction that is meted out to you. Hallelujah. Now, this is, this is where many of us, we miss it. Now, the, 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 the latest craze in the church is that everybody wants to be their own master. Nobody wants to save. Yes. Nobody wants to save. But watch this. The anointing comes from the top down. If you are equal, man of God, please, I beg you. Come. Come and stand by him. Stand by him. Yes. He's very anointed. Do you know that? But you see, you are at level of him. How can the anointing of his life come on you? Do you understand that? So, the, this great anointing on him to come on you, you have to go lower. So that there will be a gradient. Thank you. Do you understand that? The anointing flows from top down. So when you want an anointing and you are struggling to be equal of Bishop Lugutera, and you see, you are, you are like this, but you are trying to. Eh? Come, Pastor Romeo, come. Bishop, please. I beg you. Look, look at the height. <laughs> you want the anointing, it's like, but look at him. <laughs> He's trying to go up. No, try to go up. No, stretch. Stretch like this. This, this, this is what you do in the realm of the spirit when instead of serving you want to become a master how can his anointing come on you thank you bishop anointing flows from masters to servants have the heart of a servant Save. Save. We have followed Bishop Dag and saved him all these years. Now, look at Bishop Dag, Bishop Saki, Bishop Adi. 
Bishop Dark, Bishop Saki, and Bishop Adi are friends. Secondary school friends. In terms of age, Bishop Adi and Bishop Saki are older than. In terms of education, they are all educated. Highly educated. Shosaki is a lawyer. Bishop Adi is an economist. They are all educated. But when Bishop Dad started the church, Bishop Adi and Bishop Saki said, You have started. You are our leader. And we are going to save you. Bishop Saki says there's only one thing he wants to do. There's only one thing he wants to do in ministry. To be by the side of Bishop Dad to save him. Bishop Adi said there's only one thing he wants to do. To be by Bishop, Bishop Dad and save him. And he said when Bishop Dad writes a book, he wants to take that book and go around and teach what he has written in the book. That's all that he wants to do. They have served him for decades. What is the result? What is the result? The ministry that Bishop Saki has and Bishop Adi has. Do you understand it? Cannot be compared to the ministries of many founders. People who have founded denominations. Yes. Huge ministries by their servants. Hello? I said huge ministries by their servants. And as they have remained in their proper place, the anointing of Bishop Dark's life has just flowed and flowed and flowed and flowed and flowed and flowed. You don't want to serve. You have become so big. Your senior pastor cannot talk to you. You cannot be sent. You cannot be transferred. You cannot be transferred. Bishop Saki has been transferred from the Kodesh to a tent. Bishop Adi was transferred to a classroom. And Bishop Dad transferred himself to be with children. He was the first to transfer himself. Since he built the Kodesh, Kodesh, he has not pastored there. He has not. He transferred himself to become the pastor of children. Listen, in the ministry, the way up is the way down. Have the heart of a servant. Be a servant to somebody. If you have the opportunity to serve somebody now, serve the person properly. There's a pastor in America of a huge ministry. He's a very famous pastor. 
Rick Warren. He wrote the purpose driven the purpose driven church, yes. And then the purpose driven uh, life. Very popular. Yeah, sometimes some of these presidential candidates he interviews them. Rick Warren. He shares when he was coming up. He was serving under a pastor. And he said that sometimes in the middle of the night, his pastor would call him. Call him in the middle of the night. Go and buy me some medications. I'm having diarrhea. And you'll be running. Some of you. You can only be servants in private. In public, you change. In public! When your senior pastor calls you, Pastor James, come! Run! He said run. But you can't run. You cannot be a servant in public. How many of you want to be anointed? Servanthood. Yeah. A servant does linear jobs. A servant has a master. A servant does what his, his master says he should do. And a servant does what his master says he should do in the way that his master says he should do it. A servant is not embarrassed by any job. A servant has not his own time. His time is the time of his master. Now, remember the definition that was given to Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 3 verse 11. This is Elisha who poured water on the hands of Elijah. This is Elisha, the anointed one. The man who is carrying the double portion of Elijah's anointing. But he was the one who used to pour water. If God has placed you under a certain anointing. Serve that anointing very well. Serve it. But you see, you don't want to say, you want to run away. To go and start your own church. Because your senior pastor traveled and asked you to preach. Stand up. And when you laid your hands on somebody, the person fell. So you see that you are anointed. Many, many pastors, junior pastors today cannot be controlled because they feel they are anointed. But let me show you something. The anointing comes in, in two phases. Give me a towel or something. Jacket or something. Yes. In First Kings chapter 19. Huh? Come on, brother. When Elijah saw Elisha and threw the mantle on him. And Elijah said, what is it that I have done to you? 
that was not the anointing. It was a call to service. It was from that time that Elisha bent his cows into kebabs. Gave them to people to eat and he came to follow Elijah. Stand up and come. So when your senior pastor was not there and he asked you to preach and you laid your hands and somebody fell down. Fell down. That was not a mountain. That is a period to save. Bible historians, listen, Bible historians tell us that Elisha followed Elijah for 20 years. 20 years. And it was in 2 Kings chapter 3. When the mantle fell from Elijah, pick it, and he picked it. He went, because he was not sure. So he went to the river Jordan. And he wanted to prove it. And he struck it and said, Why is the Lord God? In other words, why is the power that was behind Elijah? Is it behind me? And the rivers opened. It was at that time that he realized that he was anointed. The first time they were, it was a call to service. The anointing came later on. You are too much in a hurry. You are too much in a hurry. You are too much in a hurry. I'm talking about catching an anointing. That is why many, many of you are having midget dwarf ministries. Because there's no anointing. You break your sinner pastor's heart by taking his church. Hello? Yeah. And if you want to leave a church, there are two ways of living. There's the Jacob style of living. And there is the Moses type of living. Jacob guarded Laban's gods everything. They didn't say bye-bye and run away. When Laban caught up with him, he said, do you know that I can curse you? It took only God to prevent him from cursing him. And when Moses was living, God called him. He went to his father-in-law, Jethro, and said, God has called me. His father-in-law blessed him. Later on in his ministry, in Exodus chapter 18, his father-in-law came and became part of his, came and gave him instructions and advice concerning his ministry. Sir, 
the anointing. Servanthood is the second key to catching an anointing. Give the Lord a wonderful cup of tea. Are you here go home? When we are tired, you should tell me so I stop. Number three, receiving a father. The test to catch the anointing, receiving a father. When God leads you to follow a man of God, like Elijah followed Elijah, it is important for you to receive him as a father. You notice from the story of Elisha that he had an earthly father called Shaphat. <laughs> he had an earthly father called Shaphat. In 2 Kings 3.11, here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat. However, by the time Elijah was taken away, Elisha referred to Elijah as his father. He did this effortlessly and naturally. In 2 Kings 2.12, and Elisha saw it and he cried, My father, my father. Why is it important to receive your man of God as a father? What does it mean? Huh? I want to bring to your attention two very important reasons why you must receive him as a father. Two important reasons for receiving the man of God as a father. Number one, firstly, a person who does not have a father is very different from somebody who has parents. Yeah. There are many of you who are struggling in the ministry because you don't have a spiritual father. You don't. You don't have. Who is your spiritual father? Who is your spiritual father? When John Wesley was ministering, it came to a point that they challenged him. And they said, by whose authority do you preach? And he said, I was ordained by the Archbishop of Canterbury, of the Church of England. They became quiet. Yes. When they asked Peter and John, by whose authority do you preach? He said, by the name of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified. That does not has his healing. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, please sit down. Eh? Look. Many of you are struggling in the ministry because you don't have a father. It is a blessing to have a father in the ministry. If you don't have one, find one. And then also, if God has given you a father, don't leave him and go and make somebody else your father. You rebel against that person, you insult him, you disrespect him, you do all kinds of things, and now you say, you are not my, my father. You go and take a total stranger to be your father. But you did not come from the person's bow. I'm blessed. 
Look at me preaching to all of you. I have the full blessing of my father. <laughs> yeah. When I spoke to him some time back, I said, Bishop, I see the Lord leading me to teach pastors to grow their churches. You have preached so many messages, leadership, loyalty, this, this, this. But the message on church growth, I sense that the Lord is leading me. He said, go ahead. You have my blessing. Go ahead. I'm here of his blessing. When I was coming, I said, oh, I'm going to Tamale. I said, wow. I am operating under his anointing. I'm at ease. This, the doors of the church is open to me. When I was coming, Pastor Bishop Kweku didn't say, mm, this son, mm, he smells. He smells. He doesn't feel jittery that I'm here. He's very happy. Since I came, he keeps on saying, thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Who is your father? You are an orphan in the ministry. <laughs> and look at you. You are walking in town. Who is your father? Whose inheritance are you carrying? Dr. Cho says that a certain contractor came to him and said, Dr. Cho, I want to ask you a question. How come that the contractor was building churches for people? How come that in Korea every big church is your branch? How come? As I've been traveling through building church buildings, I realized that Every church that is big is your branch. Then Dr. Cho told him. He said, he said, they belong to a big bamboo family. He said, in Korea, there are two types of bamboo. Small bamboo and big bamboo. When you go to a small bamboo plantation, you can't find even one big bamboo there. And when you enter a big bamboo plantation, you can't find one small one. He said, I am a big bamboo. All these are my children who came out of me. They cannot be small bamboo. They can only be big bamboos. The anointing of my life is church growth. Therefore, they carry the church growth anointing wherever they are. Look, his pastors... Eh? Their, their church is 500,000 members 200,000 100,000 those who are not doing well 10,000 5,000 he can take 5,000 members and give it to you you go and start your church 5,000 
fake bamboo family. So who is your father? The second reason why you must receive the man of God as a father. The second reason why it is important to have a father is because inheritance flows naturally from a father to his children. In the ministry, spiritual inheritance flows naturally from the fathers to the sons. When my father died, his will was read in court. He left his properties to his children. Yeah. Although he had many employees and friends, he didn't, have, he didn't leave anything to them. It all went to his children. Dear friend, that is the reality of life. Inheritance usually goes to the children. This spiritual inheritance of anointing and gifts passes naturally from fathers to sons. That's why you must receive your, your man of God as your father. So that the anointings, the graces on his life will follow you. Hello? How many of you understand it? I am talking about steps to catching an anointing. Number one, the principle of the vessel change. Number two, be a servant. Number three, do what? Receive a father. Wow. Hallelujah. How to receive a father? How to receive a father? Number one, when someone is your father, he can speak freely into your life. And you trust that and you trust what he says. Yeah. If somebody is your father, he can speak freely. He can tell you, look, change this service. Change this service. Do it this way. Start this one. And you do it. Just last Sunday, one of my pastors came to me. His church is full. He has two services. And the church is full. So he wants to start a third service. Then I asked him, your two services, are they all full? Then he explained that the first one is not full. The first one is not full at all. But the second one is overflowing. And I explained to him, he's a lay pastor. And I said, you are a lay pastor. You don't have a lot of time. If you start a third service, you are not going to be able to build this first service and let it grow as large as the second one. Because you don't have time. So don't do it. Rather, use your energy and your strength to develop this first service to also become as large as the second one. He said, Bishop, I hear you. I spoke freely into his life. And he received it freely. Can you be spoken to? Can you be advised? Can you be corrected? Do you take instructions? Do you take guidance? 
Number two, maintain great respect and admiration for anyone you want to receive as a father. Maintain great respect and admiration. Bishop Saki and Bishop Adi, they are Bishop Dark's closest friends. They play golf together. They laugh together. They do many things in common. When Bishop Dark wanted to um, bless his marriage again after 10 years, it was Bishop Saki who did it. But Bishop Saki and Bishop Adi, there's something they always say. They say, we know where to draw the line. We know where to draw the line. Even though we are friends, but we know where to draw the line. If you don't do that, you become familiar. And familiarity is a mountain killer. Familiarity is a mountain killer. A lot of senior pastors are frustrated in their churches because they are not received in the same way that other people receive them. When they go out of the church, they are received of all in their own church. They are not received. When Jesus visited his home church, Nazareth, they said, you, we know your mother. Are you not a son of uh, Auntie Mary? And your brothers are here. Even when you were grown up and you were, these days you say you are hot. Self-styled, self-styled man of God. When you were here, we were building our bench. Do you remember? The other time, my, my, my bench, you, you cheered it. You cheered it. You cheered it. I forgave you. Today you say you are who? They are coming to pray for him. Mark chapter 6. The Bible says that he could, he could, he could dare do no miracles except that he laid his hands on a few sick food. No, but he didn't want to. He couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't. Don't be familiar with your father in ministry. Respect him. Admire him. Do you understand it? So that when you place yourself, that, yourself in that position, the anointing continues to flow. It continues to flow. It continues to flow. It continues to flow. How to receive a father? He must be able to speak into your life freely. And you must respect him and admire him greatly. Number three, accept the father's position and authority. Yes. Accept the father's position and authority. Let him have the authority. That is why we end the Lord's prayer by saying, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory 
forever and ever. Yes. So receive a father. How many of you are going to receive a father? Amen. Steps to the amount. Number one. The principle of the verse change. How many of you understand it? Number two. Be a servant. Number three. Receive your man of God as a father. Elisha cried. He said, my father, my father. The chariots of Israel. Wow. Amen. Number four. Follow the man of God closely. Follow the man of God closely. Now, if you want to receive an anointing on somebody, follow that person closely. Look at me, everybody. Any anointing that you want, I told you, you can catch another man's anointing. Yes. And I've showed you several ways by which the anointing can be transferred. Amen. If you want the anointing on Bishop Dad, you have to follow him closely. Closely. Yeah. Closely. There are three ways to follow the man of God. Number one, physical association and close interaction. Amen. Physical association and close interaction. Elisha followed Elijah closely, closely. Moses followed, um, uh, Joshua followed Moses closely, closely. Physical association and interaction. Yes. Recently, Bishop Dag was having some crusades in South Africa. And the South African pastors, some of them have been following his ministry. They come from ISI all the time. But I noticed a particular pastor. Look, in many of the crusades, the pastor was there. He has his church. He has left his church and was following Bishop Dag all over. All over. And I took note of that. I took note of that. Close. If it is possible. If it is possible. So sometimes, your man of God, live where you are, and go and be with him. Yeah. Yeah. Can I come and be with you, as you travel around? Can I? When I'm traveling to minister like this, I have to sack people. I say, no, you can't come. A lot of people want to come. I say, you can't come. Concentrate on the work. Concentrate on the work. Because the physical association, as we have the man of God eating, 
chatting, talking. What is on him? It's rubbing on you. It's rubbing on you. The anointing is an aura that is on a man of God. And when you are around him, that aura rubs on you. Number two, follow his words closely. I'm going to detail in that because I'll come back to it. And number three, decide to stay close to the very end and to the anointing which you desire is flowing through your ministry. Hallelujah. Determined to follow him to the end. Do you know that Elijah tried to sack Elisha many times? Huh? He said, I'm going to battle. So, before the Lord told you, he told me also. <laughs> I'm going to Jericho. He said, when the Lord told you, by the grace of God, he told me also, I'm coming. He followed him to the end. Yes. If you want the anointing on a certain man of God, follow him to the end. Follow him to the end. One of the anointed men of God that Bishop Dark followed was Kenneth Hagen. And he followed Kenneth Hagen to the end. He was in Kenya in a bus when he got a call or a text message that Kenneth Hagen had just died. He broke down and cried. Follow to the end. Now, listen to this. Stand to your feet, everybody. Ah, this cook, even though the mercy has touched but I think I can be drunk, oh. Actually, it is coke by the vessel. Now, listen. It's not easy to follow a man of God. It is not easy to follow a man of God you'll be hurt. You'll be offended. Your man of God, sometimes his behavior, and his decisions may be unreasonable. They are tests that you must pass. In John chapter 6, a lot of disciples have been following Jesus. Suddenly he started saying some strange things. They should eat his body. They should eat his blood. They should drink his blood. He is the bread that came from heaven. You. We saw you. When, when, I mean, we know when you were born. So, when did you become bread? We should eat so now we should become cannibals. 
they said to themselves, this is a hard thing. Who can take it? And the Bible said that from that moment, many of his disciples went back and did not follow him. He turned to Peter and the rest and said, will you also go back? Yes. Yes. It's not easy to follow a man of God. My pastors who follow me, it's not easy for, for them sometimes. Hey. I'm sure they say, hey, this man, this man, it's a test. It's a test. And then also remember that your man of God is a man. End of God. He's a man. End of God. He's not perfect. He's a man. That is why our wives don't receive from us. Because they see the man more than of God. Bishop Keku, speak the truth. When you lay hands on her, she doesn't fall down. She will say, oh. He said, this is Sunday morning, we are laying hands. He said, brother, you last, last night, the way you were just jumping like a flock. You are making some noise. You have come there to say, take it, take what? Take what? You will not be anointed. That is why Judas didn't receive the anointing. You see, it got to a point that Jesus said he's going to die. This man that raised up the dead and what even killed Judas one day was when they were traveling in the boat and Jesus was asleep snoring <laughs> with saliva drooling Judas looked at him but this one is the son of God sometimes as they were on ministry journeys Jesus would say excuse me then he passed to the bush they will be hearing noises Should I say, ah, son of God? When you are with your man of God, you will see his humanity. It's a test. It's a test. You see, you must look at all that and say, yes. I can see all this, but he's a man of God. For we have this vessel, this gift in eighteen vessels. The power is in eighteen vessels. Yeah? Never make that mistake. 
Never know. Your man of God, when he is weak, that is when he is more powerful. Ash. Jacob was old. He looked at women and said, and said, unstable as water, thou shalt not excel. That was it. Isaac was blind. He couldn't see. He touched Jacob. He said, you'll be the head. That was it. When Esau came, he said, have you not left? He said, no, no, no. The best part of the blessing is come. Noah was drunk. Lying in his tent, feeling free. Bolobolo was flying all over the place. Ham! The youngest son misbehaved. When he woke up from his drunken state and opened his mouth, whatever he said has affected him. It has worried us up to today. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Wow. Are you here? You go home. Should we go home? We are talking about catching the anointing. How many of you want the anointing? Hallelujah. Number five. Spiritual ministrations. Spiritual ministrations. We must be careful not to make any mistakes. God will give you the anointing. No man can give you the anointing. Yet, he does it through men. It is important to pray and ask for the anointing. Luke chapter 11 and verse 13. If ye then, being able, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that acts him? So you can ask for the anointing. It's a spiritual ministration. Another way you can receive the anointing through spiritual ministration is through the laying on of hands. The laying on of hands is a foundational doctrine for the church. It is the principal way in which an impartation or gift is given. It is such an important procedure that God tells us not to hurriedly impart gifts through the laying on of hands. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 22 Lay hands sadly on no man, neither be partaker of other man's sins. Keep thyself pure. Men of God, listen. Be careful whom you lay hands on. Yes. And don't be tempted to lay hands. You see, there are a lot of young people who have come. They are disobedient. They are not yielding to anybody. They are not serving anybody. But they want an anointing. When they see you, they run and come. I beg you. I beg you. I beg you. Be careful. 
your hands are very anointed. If you lay your hand on a demon, you have anointed a demon. Yes. You have an anointed demon released. Lay not your hands hurriedly on any man. Because through the lay hand on of hands, spiritual gifts is imparted. Hallelujah. Hmm? Second Timothy chapter one and verse six. Timothy the pastor had hands laid on him, and he received spiritual gifts. The Bible plainly declares that he received the gift of God through the laying on of hands. Second Timothy chapter one and verse six. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of thy hands. One of the things that you should desire is for an anointed man of God to lay his hands on you. Oh yeah. You must greatly desire it. You must greatly desire it. Because it is a powerful means of spiritual ministration of the anointing. Yeah. Is that a small thing? Is that a small thing? Hallelujah. Number six. Sixth step to receiving the anointing. We are coming to the end. The passage of time. The passage of time. Time is a very important element in the development of any ministry. The word of God teaches us that Jesus adds to our gifts when he recognizes that we are faithful to what he has given unto us. In Luke 16, 10, the scripture says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. With the passage of time, your faithfulness will be tested. Your faithfulness will provoke God to give you additional gifts and a greater anointing. You will discover that certain realms are inaccessible to you until time elapses. Until time elapses. Unfortunately, there is no substitute for the test of time. Hallelujah. Some years ago, I tried to raise the bed, but I did not succeed. I often wondered why God did not honor me then. If he had, I probably would have backslidden backslid by now. I now see certain things happening in my ministry, which I didn't see before. If I had had the level of, of anointing some years ago, it could have destroyed me. It is important to trust God to allow time to pass so that He Himself can lift you up at the right time. Clap your hands for the Lord. 
Hallelujah. And number seven, minister to the man of God. Minister to the man of God. Hello? Yeah. You want to catch an anointing? So, your carnal things into the life of the anointed man of God. What, 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 what can you do for the anointed man of God? He doesn't need you to wash his clothing. He has a washing machine. He doesn't need you to polish his shoes. He has a helper. What can you do? There is virtually very little. Don't buy him a shirt. Do you know the type of shirt he likes? Don't buy him boxer shorts. Do you know the size of his bums? Don't buy him body sprays and perfume. Do you know what he likes? Do you understand that? One of the only things you can do is to sow offerings. Now, money is important because <laughs> it affects you. It affects you. Yeah? Money is a treasure to all of us. True or false? Is it true? And Jesus said, where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. As you sow your offering, your gifts into the life of the man of God, your heart follows. Hallelujah. Huh? Luke chapter 8, 2 and 3. And certain women which have been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom when seven devils and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's servant, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him of their substance. You must be able to minister to the man of God out of your own substance. If money is a problem to you, then you cannot be a minister. The Bible teaches that people who have been taught to share their good things with those who teach them. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. The man of God will minister spiritual things to you and you will minister back to him in physical things. The anointing is provoked when you minister to the man of God. Anytime I've had the opportunity to be near those who have been a blessing to me, I have ministered to them out of my substance. When the woman of the alabaster box of ointment ministered to Christ, he said that she will be remembered. When you pour an alabaster box on a man of God, you will provoke a blessing and be remembered. Your ministry will have a longer lifespan as you decide to honor those before you. Your ministry will be remembered by many. You will provoke the favor and anointing of God upon your life. Amen? Amen. So, sowing into the life 
of an anointed man of God is very important. It's very important. Yeah. Very, very important. And also let your gift show that you respect the man of God. Yeah. It is true that it is not how much you give that is important. But it is also true that you should not disrespect him by what you give. You see it all the time. You see somebody following. Bishop, you have been a blessing to my ministry. You have been a blessing to my ministry. I want to sow into your life. And he gives you an envelope. Open an old 10 Ghana City note. In Malachi chapter 1, God said, Go and do it to your governor. When you give me blind goat, they will take the goat that was blind to bring it to God. And God said, If I'm your father, where's my honor? If I'm your master, where's my fear? Hallelujah. Sit down. Seven steps to the anointing. Are you blessed by it? Clap your hands for the Lord. Now, there was one of the steps in following the man of God that I said I'll come back. That is, follow the words of the man of God. So I want to conclude with this. How to catch the anointing through following the words of a man of God. Yeah. Most men of God, it is impossible for them for you to follow them physically. Most men of God. If you want to follow Reverend Azika, I don't know how you are going to follow him. Because you are at uh, uh, Paga. He's in Tamale here. He's moving around. How are you going to follow him? The easiest and the most effective way is to follow the words of the man of God, which you can find in two forms. His spoken words and his written words. The spoken words are his messages that he has preached, the audio. And then the written words are the books. And the spoken words you can also watch through the videos. Listening to of messages, watching videos, reading the books of an anointed man of God is a major key of catching an anointing. It's a major key. Write it down. It is a major key. See, that is why these books are here. You say you want the anointing of Bishop Das life? The anointing to build mega churches, the anointing for apostolic ministry, the anointing for international ministry, the anointing for book writing ministry, the anointing for healing ministry, the anointing for building churches, even building church buildings. Eh? The anointing for prosperity. You want it. You want it? You have to follow that man of God's 
works. Yeah. And the words are what he preaches, what he writes, and what you can hear when you watch. Amen. How many of you understand that? Why is it so? Why is it so? Because the words of an anointed man of God carries anointing. As I've been speaking to you for the last three days and you have been sitting down here, anointing has been entering you. Through the words that I've been speaking. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Anointing has been entering you. How many of you, this morning, when we pray, you felt the power of God here? Yeah. One pastor was telling me that he felt somebody touch and push his weight up. Hey! May somebody touch you in the name of Jesus. Amen. The life of an anointed man of God contains anointing. That's all. The words of an anointed man of God are not empty words. I'm ending. We are going to pray. Then we are going home. That is why you must soak in messages. Three scriptures. Ezekiel chapter 2 and verse 2. Give it to me quickly. Ezekiel chapter 2 and verse 2. And the Spirit, watch this. And the Spirit, this is Ezekiel, the prophet speaking. And the Spirit, go to verse 1. Go to verse 1. Go to verse 1. Go to verse 1. And he said unto me, Son of man, stand upon thy feet, and I will speak unto thee. And I will speak unto thee. Verse 2. And the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me. The Spirit entered him when he was spoken to. The Spirit. The medium of by which the Spirit entered were the words that were spoken to him. John chapter 6 and verse 63. John chapter 6 and verse 63. Jesus, this is what he says, it is the spirit that quicken it. To quicken means to bring alive, to, to, to bring to life. Hallelujah. It is the spirit that quicken it. The flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit. They are anointing and they are life. So the anointed words of an anointed man carries anointing and carries life. 
the words of an anointed man carries spirit, spirit, particles of spirits. Enter you, enter you, enter you. Acts chapter 10 and verse 44. Do you remember when Peter went to the house of Cornelius? Huh? And he was preaching to them. The Bible says, Why Peter yet spake this waste? Why Peter yet spake this waste? The Holy Ghost fell on all them which had the way. Pastors, I want to introduce you to three things that you must do to become anointed. Soak in the messages of your anointed man of God. Watch his videos. Read his books. Yeah. Bishop Dad describes how he became anointed in 1988. He was struggling with a few people in the church. And one time, he went to Suhum as part of his medical studies to go and work in the district hospital. And whilst he was there, he decided to pray. One night he was praying and soaking in a message by can I take him? I told you. He said he has been following. The tape was auto reverse. That, that tape is it? But even now, we don't need tapes. Is that not it? Yeah. <laughs> when the message ends, it starts again like that. In the middle of the night, he was asleep whilst he was praying. He woke up. And as he was praying and listening, he said something jumped. Something jumped. From the tape, he felt, and the thing entered here. Entered here. And he heard a voice and said, From today you can, you can teach. From today you can teach. The anointing on Kenneth Hagen's life, that anointing was imparted to him. Anointing transfer through sharing. And if you study Bishop Dark's ministry, you see a lot of similarities with that of Kenneth Hagen. Number one, teaching. Kenneth Hagen was a teacher. Number two, books. Number three, pastors. Speaking to pastors, training of pastors. Even Bible school. Bishop Dark has built the largest private tertiary institution in this country at a Bible school. A Bible school. It's that same amount is what he received. But it came as he was listening to him. And he said that that message he has listened to it many times. 
So especially a message by your man of God that you like, keep on listening to it. Watch his videos. Amen. And don't just watch two weeks. Let, let, let me show you there are, there are about seven or eight levels of receptivity when you are soaking in a message. Let me take you through them. Hmm. Oh, are you here to go home? Lift up your two hands and begin to speak in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Seven levels of receptivity when we are soaking in a mountain. Level A. You see, what I'm trying to say is that when you are listening, don't just listen one day, two days, three days, one week, and stop. It must be a lifestyle. Since I've been here, anytime I sit in Bishop Kweku's car, a message is playing. A message is playing. A message by Bishop Da. He's soaking all the time. Now, as you do that, you move into different levels. Level A, you do not understand the message. You probably do not even like the message. Level B, I'm coming to the end, please. You are excited and think that it is a good message. However, you only retain 11% of what you have has been preached. This is usually what happens when a person listens to a tape just once. Level C. You absorb the word even further but you cannot reproduce the message. Level D. You absorb the word so much so that you can reproduce the message. Everything I'm teaching you Tonight is from this book. The mega church. Get it. Level E. You begin to learn how to preach and teach. You preach and teach in a similar anointed manner. Level F. You absorb the word and at the same time begin to absorb the anointing and spirit and the spirit of the message. Level G. At this level... The transfer of an entire ministry gift takes place. You see, that is what happened. That is what happened to Bishop Dad. It was at level G. A whole ministry was transferred. Yeah. From today, make soaking in of messages 
Watching videos must become your lifestyle. Yes. It must become your lifestyle. I tell you, if we're a pastor, when you sleep, a message must be playing in your room. When you are driving, a message must be playing. When you are praying, see the reason why many of you cannot pray is because you pray in a very dry atmosphere. No. When you are praying, listen to a message. As we are listening to a message, you are praying. Okay? If the message lasts 45 minutes, by the time it ends, you have, you have, you have, you have prayed for 45 minutes. Yes. Yes. Soak in. Become a soaker. I said become a soaker. Until the anointing in the message would enter you. Now listen. Anointing doesn't come upon you because you lift up your hands and say, I receive it. You must do all these things that we are talking about. That is why I call it a quest. A journey. When I was growing up as a young pastor, even I was a lay pastor then, I would go and hide. It was my habit. I would go and hide Monday to Friday with messages and books. And I would be praying and soaking them and studying and studying the scriptures. Many, many years. I used to pray from 6 in the morning to 4. Then at 4, I'll go and eat. And I, I listened to the news. The news was then 7 o'clock. I listened to the news. And then after the news, I go and continue. Then I sleep midnight. Wake up. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I move my car away. Soaking in. Watching. It has continued up to today. I'm always soaking. And then books. Books. It's the same thing. The written words. You must study books. The books contain wisdom for you. Contains revelation for you. Contain things that you should do. It has been packaged. And when you study the books, you become anointed. You become anointed. You must eat books. Hallelujah. Catch an anointing. Catch an anointing. How many of you are going to catch an anointing? Why must you catch an anointing? Because it is the most important. Do you remember Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10? So that your cutlass will be sharp. Be anointed. Ministry is by the anointing. When you see a minister with a certain level of ministry, see the anointing. See the anointing. It's by the anointing. Hallelujah. One of the anointings that you must desire, I spoke about this morning, is the anointing for church growth. Hallelujah. If you want to catch an anointing for church growth, you must soak in messages on church good. You must study books on church good. You must watch videos on church good. You must watch 
videos on large churches. Large churches. Sometimes when I'm, I'm praying, I will have a video of a large church playing. And at a certain point, I will post. When they show the church, a lot of people, I will post it. And then I will watch it. I want that picture to enter into my spirit. It's a good place for you to clap your hands for the Lord. Tonight, we are going to pray. Hallelujah. And I want to believe God with you that you receive an anointing tonight. Remember that the laying on of hands is a major medium for the impartation of spiritual gifts. Amen. And when you go from here, continue to pursue the anointing for church growth. Continue to pursue it. Continue. Look. You you yourself, you are going to be surprised of yourself. That one day, you stand in your church and God has given you a crowd like this. You never thought you have it. But it will happen to you. Are you ready to receive an anointing? Stand to your feet. Wow. Well, I want us to pray. Where is Pastor Sammy? I want us to pray that God will anoint us tonight. And then, listen to me. I am going to pray for you. Lay my hands on you. But before I do that, please, every offering that you have, alright, through the envelopes, bring them to me right now. Bring them to me. Quickly. Just drop them and go back. offering basket. Listen to me. We owe money. Was that the case? Huh? We owe money. 
Oh, I can't hear you. They cannot hear you. We owe money. Yeah. How many of you do not want us to owe money? I mean, we have been blessed at this conference. And we are owing money. Because everything is free. So tonight, I want you to help. Amen. Is that a good idea? Huh? I want you to help. I want 10 people to step forward. I saw an offering of 50 Ghana cities. Take it and come. 10 people. 10 people to pay the bills. God bless you, Bishop. 10 people. 10 people. 50 Ghana cities. Just take it and come fast. We, we shouldn't have a problem here. Just come very fast. 10 people. 10. 50 Ghana cities. Just take it and run and come. It should not be a problem at all. Ten people. Ten. How many do you have? Which of you have got another one? Six. Seven. Ten people. Two ganasses. Wow. God bless you. God bless you. Now. I need another 20 to show 20 Ghana cities. Take it and come. 20. 20 people. As I'm going to sort out this. I'm waiting for you. 20. Sit down. Sit down, everybody. Sit down. 20. 20. 20. 20. God bless you. 20. 20. I need another 50 people to show 10 Ghana cities. Come. Show 10 Ghana cities. Come. I was shocked when Pastor when Bishop Koku showed me the bills and realized that we owe money. Linda, you brought the bills. Do we owe money? Uh-huh. God bless you. It is not good that after attending such a powerful conference, we have left the bills on Bishop Interfo and you have come. May God bless you as you are helping us to pay. 50 people, 10 Ghana cities. God bless you. God bless you. I need 100 people to save 5 Ghana cities. Come quickly. Come quickly. 100 people. I said 100. I can see only 7.
Can I have another offering basket? to give four Ghana cities or three Ghana cities or two Ghana cities or one Ghana city, please come. Rise up and come. Come and say it right now. I want to take care of the offerings and then we'll move into prayer. Come quickly. You have an offering of four Ghana cities or three Ghana cities, two Ghana cities, one Ghana city. Rise up and come. Oh, I thought all of you would come. Huh? Amen. Have you been blessed by the conference? Hallelujah. Do you want us to come next year, God willing? How many of you want us to come next year, God willing? Amen. Same time. Same time. First week of April. Very good. me because I am told that the conference is short. So we are trying to see whether next year we can start on Tuesday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Father, bless the sacrifices of your people in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. What's Pastor Sami? We are ready to pray. Tonight, our prayer is only one. Lord, put an anointing for church growth on my life. Today, as hands are laid upon me, whatever you have placed on this man of God, Cause him to grow large churches. Let that anointing be impacted. Lift up your hands. Oh yes. Oh Concombia. Oh Concombia. Oh Concombia. Oh Oh, 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 oh,
I am alone. 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 I am alone.
impartation of your spirit. Yes, Lord. We ask for the anointing for supernatural church growth. Yes, Jesus. We are praying, oh God, mm. that we will begin to cross barriers. Yes. Boundaries. Yes. Limitations. Yes. That our ministries will begin to expand and explode and multiply. In Jesus' name. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. When I lay my hands on you, Please go and sit down and begin to pray. Mm. Pray that God will touch you. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord.
vision when I lay my hands upon you and you sit down take that piece of paper and look at it and say Lord anoint me to achieve this level in the next five years pray for it okay lift up your hand Let the power 
have been blessed by this message. We invite you to worship with us at the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral College, opposite the College Main Gate. Our service times are early rain service, 6.30 to 8.15 a.m. Love and Hope service, local languages services, from 7.30 to 9.30 a.m. Love and Faith service, from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. Our Vibrant Youth Church is also at 9.30 a.m. to 12 noon. Be part of our midweek impartation service this and every Tuesday from 6.15 to 8.30 p.m. prompt. For further prayer and counseling and further inquiry, please call 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. The numbers again. 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289 God bless you to glorify your